Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Marnie Swedberg, and I welcome you to Marnie and Friends, a place where leaders share practical, helpful, and encouraging ways to get anything important done faster, better, and smarter. Right now, I encourage you to sit back, buckle up, and join us for fun, laughter, practical help, and clear thinking, the kind of discussion that focuses our attention off of the fluff and onto the most important stuff in life. Again, welcome to Marnie's Friends. Let's get going. Well, hey, everybody. This is Marnie Sudberg. Welcome to another edition of Marnie's Friends. And we're going to start off this hour talking about how to deal with disappointment. And during the next few minutes, I'm going to share some of my favorite strategies for facing and dealing with disappointment. And I can talk to you about this from experience because I've lived through fires and floods and hailstorms and tornadoes and car wreck and sinking boats and all kinds of things uh, like lightning strike, burglary, uh, cancer in the family, head injury in the family, um, sudden death in the family, and life just happens. It continues to happen, and we are responsible for rolling with it, for actually using whatever comes into our lives to give glory and honor to God, and what an amazing gift and responsibility to do. So as I think about uh, dealing with disappointment, I wanted to start with just years ago, I had had found this website called aperfectlife.com, and I was so curious about it because I thought, you know, honestly, could there be a perfect life? And I went over to the website, and it was somebody just talking about a bunch of stuff that would make life perfect and everything. And within just a few days of me finding the site, the person who hosted the blog actually died. (laughs) And he no longer was in life at all. And I was really struck by that um, kind of um, oddity that we can go along telling people how to live a perfect life and the next day be dead. And we can, I could always just be sharing with you strategies for doing everything right, for doing everything better, for doing everything as good as possible, and I want to do that. But the reality is that there's no guarantee that I'll be here tomorrow or that you'll be here tomorrow or that things will be going well tomorrow. And, in fact, my life history shows me that for sure I can't guarantee that. It can be going great, and all of a sudden it can be going awful. And so I wanted to just spend a little bit of time today talking about how to deal with disappointment And I'm excited because there are ways to deal with disappointment that are going to leave you happy, that are going to leave you satisfied, that are going to leave you content and even joyful in life. And I want to use to begin with the story about um, the day that I received a phone message on my phone. We were actually, my parents had been up to visit, and uh, the week before they were help. my dad was helping us a lot at the retail store. My mom was helping as she could, and, and um, they had headed back down to Minneapolis, which was about a seven hour drive from where we live. And then that was on Saturday that they went home, and then on Monday we drove down to Minneapolis for a buyer's show for the store. And on the way into town, I called over to their house, and my mom and I had chatted. Dad was out working in the garage, and mom and I had chatted, and we had a wonderful little chat. And then we were going to be there for supper, and Dad was going to make us steaks on the grill, and it was just nice talk, you know, hang up the phone, go into the buyer's show. And when we came out of the auditorium, my phone indicated that I had missed a call and there was a message. And so I just looked at my phone, I dialed in for the message, and this is what I heard. Marnie, your dad is dead. 
That was the whole message. And it was just shocking because we had just been talking about having to dinner together. He'd been up working at our store. He's fine. And it was such a huge shock. Dave and I immediately prepared to leave um, the show as we were walking across the parking lot. I stopped and I looked at Dave and I said, well, one thing is for sure, if this is true, then he died exactly how he wanted to die. Because my dad had always, he'd always had this thing about not wanting to go to a nursing home, about not wanting to be a burden to people in his old age. It was really important to him. He really did not want to do that. And it was interesting that he ended up, he did die that day. He actually was just working out in the garage and he laid laid down on the ground and died. And he must have had a massive heart attack. Um, he did have, he had had a bypass surgery years before, so it wasn't amazing that that could happen, but it was a shock because he was doing so well. And I just wanted to share that particular story because in my experience, the bigger things are the ones that I sooner run to God for, that I sooner run to God with that I sooner receive healing for. It's oftentimes the small things that trip me up, like the irritants that get under my skin every day. Those are sometimes the harder ones to deal with. But dealing with disappointment in whatever way is just part of life. It's just part of our reality. And we have to learn how to deal with it. Otherwise, we'll just always walk around being sad and disappointed. There are really two basic responses to disappointment. The first one is to stuff it down. Um, you just, whatever, whatever t- you have bad news, when you have somebody attacking you, whatever it is, you just take those bad feelings and you stuff them right down inside of you. And that works for a while. But at some point, there's no more space inside. And you've got all this toxic waste down inside of your heart and your soul. And at some point, somebody lights the match that just sets off the explosion that either turns into a rage or it turns into a depression, turns into an illness, a stress-induced illness. It can come out in so many ways, but you can't just stuff the feelings forever and get away with it. That just doesn't work. At some point, you have to deal with them. The other thing that people often do with disappointment is they spew their frustration out at everybody around them. And so the two options that are most commonly taken are to stuff them down, stuff down their feelings, or to spew them out, to actually, like a volcano, spit hot lava with your words and your attitude and your reaction all over everybody around you. Both of these are very toxic responses. When you are stuffing your feelings down, when you're dealing with emotions, when you're dealing with disappointment, you're actually being toxic to yourself. When you're always just letting up, venting it all over everybody right away, you're being toxic to other people. I, I use the analogy when someone has an explosive temper like that and, and they don't store, I mean, they're health, they're personally, they're healthier because they don't store any of that toxin inside themselves. They're healthier than the, than the stuffer. But what happens with them is that when they explode, it's like a bomb going off and shrapnel hitting everybody around them. And if you have a person like this in your life, you know exactly what I'm talking about next. Because this person will explode. They will feel better. 
and they'll walk away. And then they'll come back 10, 15 minutes or an hour later and everybody's cowering in a corner or sometimes they're still crying or whatever from the shrapnel that, got, that hit them from this person's explosion. But the person feels so much better themselves, the spewer feels so much better themselves that they actually don't understand why the other person feels bad. There's no comprehension. I remember one time having a boss who was a spewer and she would, she would just reach a state and then she would just explode over, all over the staff and she would walk away in about 15, 20 minutes. She'd come back and she'd see people, she'd see some of us crying or whatever and she'd be like, what is the matter with you guys? Get back to work. What's the matter with you anyway? Come on. This is a good day. Let's go. And she was all over it, but because she didn't realize how her words, how her explosion had hurt the people around her, she really did not understand that it was a negative thing for her to spew out those, those feelings of frustration that she had all over everybody else. There is a third option, and the third option is to share it to actually spew it, but to spew it to God. And this is the option that I really want you to consider adopting as a lifestyle, and this is the one that I adopt as a lifestyle. I'm not always perfectly successful at it, nor will you ever be, but it is a wonderful lifestyle practice to do with disappointment. So in the analogy I used earlier, and it wasn't just an analogy, in the true story that I used earlier, when I got the news that my dad was dead, and it was a sudden shock to me. It only took moments for me to recognize the hand of God at work. <laughs> so on the way out to the car, just minutes after hearing the news, I could already recognize that God was at work in that situation. What was even more amazing was that I was able to continue to see him at work for days and weeks and months later. There were certain things that were uh, pretty astounding about the timing of my dad's death and about the things that surrounded them. One of the things was that my dad, um, my dad and mom didn't have a, a whole lot of money and my mom had taken out a life insurance policy on my dad when he was younger. And she had gone back and forth. You know, when she was working, it, it was fine because she could pay for it out of her salary, but they were both retired now, so um, she didn't really have the money to pay for it. And she had made a decision at Christmas time that um, she was going to pay through January and then it was going to be done. She would let the life insurance go. Well, my dad died eight days before the life insurance would have expired. So there were many things like that, many timing issues that we had no idea but God did. And once you begin looking for God in a situation, once you invite God into the situation, <laughs> once you embrace God as your partner through anything, then what happens from there on is that you can see God everywhere. And it turns something that's really horrible and bad, tragic and sad, into something really beautiful and wonderful. Now, the the balancing side of that story is I still did grieve. We all grieved. Um, it was about six months. It was maybe four to six months after my dad died that the literal pain in my chest went away. And I was sometimes worried that I was going to have a heart attack because there was a pain in my chest. But it was really just my heart was so sad that there was no more dad in this world for me because my dad was 
awesome. And uh, he just was such a big part of my life, a huge help and encouragement to me all the time. And so I just missed him so much, and there was this pain in my heart. And it even makes me cry right now to think back to that pain. But right now, of course, I'm not in pain, and I'm so grateful that um, my father's with God and that he's doing fine. As I speak to you today, though, about dealing with disappointment, this is definitely one of the memories that comes to mind, one of the most poignant memories, because it was a sudden shock and it was of such a deep, intense level. But there are disappointments of all kinds. I, I remember um, training the kids when they were little and having to disappoint them at times. I remember one time my little four-year-old girl, Karen, um, she was sweeping the floor. And now just imagine a little four-year-old and holding a big broom. Now the big the broom is like three times as tall as she is. And she's just this little tyke trying to maneuver around this big broom. And um, she was struggling, but she was doing it. And she, at one point, she stood straight up and she had the broom straight up above her and she leaned her head against the broom and she looked up at me and she said, Mom, sometimes I feel like I'm Cinderella and you're the wicked stepmother. And that is just how life feels sometimes. Like we are just working so hard and God is just this big, nasty God. But I'm just telling you that he is a wonderful God, that he loves you, that he died for you, that he cares for you, and that he lives for you. And he wants to live in you and live with you. Um, disappointment brings so much grief. And grieving is a lonely business. There was a, there was a quote from an article by Norman Cousins years ago that he had written after an earthquake. And he said, he wrote in it, quote, the first emotion I experienced was not so much terror as utter loneliness. It shocked me. I felt loneliness unlike anything I'd ever known in my life, a sense of being cut off from everyone and everything. Nothing is more characteristic of ordeals in life than the sensation of loneliness, end quote. I really resonate with that quote because I've gone through a lot of really tough things and it is so lonely. Even if other people are with you, they don't feel what you're feeling. They don't experience it the way you're experiencing it. Grief and sadness is truly a unique situation, a unique place to be that only you can experience it like, you've, like you're experiencing it. You know, studies have shown that trauma of any kind, including disappointments, affect our endocrine and immune systems, they impair judgment and limit our ability to analyze a situation and make responsible decisions. And so when we are experiencing a disappointment, especially a major grief, a lot of times we are lost in it. Our own bodies and minds aren't able to cope as well as they could if we were not in the stressful situation. And I learned when I went out to, um, I ended up being in um, um, New York City, well, um, by the Twin Towers, right out there, right after 9-11. I was scheduled to go, and, and it worked It worked out. I was there 11 days after um, the towers fell. And the thing that really struck me when I was there were the candles everywhere. And I kept, I kept seeing them everywhere, and I kept thinking about the curiosity of candles. But there is something that is symbolic about a candle, that it forces our minds and emotions um, to have a, a response that is not a mechanical response. It's actually an emotional response. And it takes the trauma that's happened and it focuses onto something beautiful 
and beyond comprehension, which is a flame. And the flame is actually not there to be beautiful as much as it is there to be a remembrance, a point of focus for us so that we can remember something. And we see candles at all kinds of events, at weddings and at funerals and definitely at major tragedies where people are missing. Um, the 9-11 was the biggest one I'd ever seen, and of course it probably hopefully will be the biggest one we ever have to see. But where there were these candles all over, and I, I, I thought about the candles so much and about how the candles really represented the people who were missing. There was a candle for each person who was missing. And the candle was lit in remembrance of that person. And there would have been no candle if there would have been no person. This is the bottom line truth of life, is that we cannot have a tragedy unless we've had something to lose. But unfortunately, in the hubbub of life, we really aren't looking at that. We're only looking at what we lost. We rarely can step back far enough to realize what we've had in order to be able to lose it. And this is so true about everything that we will ever feel disappointment in our life. The only reason you could feel disappointment is because you have had something or at least have had the hope of something. So a woman who loses a baby is sad because of the loss of the child. But she could have never experienced it sadness if she hadn't already had the child, or at least if she loses the baby during a, you know, the um, pregnancy, then the hope of the child. There is so much joy in having something. And unfortunately, disappointment often steals our joy. It robs us of the very thing that is the gift. We can't ever have anything, always. I mean, I, I knew that someday my dad would have to die. I'm going to have to die. My husband's going to die. My children are going to die. All of us are going to die at some point unless Jesus comes back before we go that way. Then we go up in the rapture. But all of us are going to come to an end. We know that. So why is it that when we lose something that we love, that we struggle so badly with the disappointment? It is a fact that we're going to lose it. Job is a wonderful example of someone who had the right perspective. When he lost everything, he just focused his attention right back on God. To, he said that God gave it to him, and it was God's to take away. Did he grieve? Yes, of course he grieved. But that very attitude of being in the hand of God provided him not only with the ability to survive his extreme tragedy, which was the war of the worst kind. He lost everything all at once. Everything. He lost his children. He lost his homes. He lost his, his cattle. He lost his livelihood. He lost his friends. He lost everything all at once. And yet he was able to stay focused during that. And he lost his health. He lost everything. He stayed focused. And at the end, God blessed him and gave him back more than he'd taken away. That story is so unique because it shows that we have the ability to walk through something horrible, the worst possible things, and to keep our minds and our hearts focused on Jesus. So I was just thinking when we deal with disappointment, it's important for us to just shift our gaze from what we have lost to what we had. 
And of course, anybody who's ever said goodbye, even short term, like, you know, maybe my sister and her family came and lived with us for several months um, this year and also last year, but, um, you know, they don't live with us anymore and saying goodbye is hard. That's hard. They moved 2,000 miles away and we don't know when we'll see them again. Um, that's very hard. We can focus on what's hard or we can focus on what's wonderful is that we had the time together. We had several months. You know, uh, as adult sisters, we got to live together for like four months this year and four months last year. That's amazing. We never anticipated that could ever happen. What a gift. And yeah, what a terrible ripping when they left. It was so sad and our house is so quiet without them. But what are we going to focus on? What we don't have anymore? Or should I maybe focus on what I had the privilege of having? And no matter what disappointment you are going through, the only reason you're feeling it is because you've had something that has now been tampered with, that has now been taken away, broken, ruined, cut off, destroyed, killed. Something terrible has happened to something that you loved. That's why you feel disappointed. I think back to our burglary, and, and it was a burglary at our restaurant. And again, immediately there were things that we could be thankful for. Um, some of the things we could be thankful for was, number one, nobody was in the building at the time. Nobody got hurt. Uh, they came in through a window and left through the door. And when they were inside, they took the money boxes that were empty, <laughs> um, but they couldn't get them open in the building fast enough, apparently, so they just took them with them. But they just came in and they left. They didn't vandalize the whole place. They could have shut us down for weeks or even months if they would have vandalized it. They didn't. They just took the money drawers and left. We could keep going with, with the money box until the new ones arrived. There were all kinds of things to be thankful for. We were, we, Dave and I happened to be out of town when they found it. Uh, friends of ours, uh, my personal assistant and her husband, they found it and um, they went and they boarded up the window for us until we could get back and take care of things. I mean, there's always something to be thankful for. When we had a lightning strike that took out, again, at the restaurant, the lightning struck a tree right outside the back door. It took out everything electrical, <laughs> everything from the phones to the computers to the you know electronic um, ovens and, and cooling systems, and everything got wiped out with this electric strike. But it was possible before any of the food was um, spoiled to get help in there to get it fixed. And we did not have any time to deal with the tree, which needed to be taken out. It was just a mess and, um, you know, a hazard. And there was somebody from our church who loves to cut down trees. And he had the whole tree cut down and the wood taken away by the end of the day. Everything was back working in one day after a huge lightning strike like that. There's always something to be thankful for. It is a choice what we focus on. It's a choice what we look for. My, um, my two most hated phrases in the world are sins of the past and unmet expectations. These are two of the disappointments that I find the most difficult to um, deal with. First of all, sins of the past. When I have came to God through Jesus Christ, through what Jesus did for me on the cross. I believe that he died. I believe that he died for me on the cross and that it is his blood that paid the penalty for all of my sins. And because of what Jesus did on the cross, I can walk directly into the throne room of God and talk with him 
and have a relationship with him. Not because God would let me in directly any more than the president would let me in directly, but I know the way in. It's through his son Jesus, which is just amazing to me still. But it's true, and it's true that from God's perspective, because of the blood of Jesus, my sins are no more. I can, I can sin, but they are covered under the blood of Jesus. And I do not have the consequence for my sin anymore because of what Jesus did on the cross. That makes me just want to not sin ever again. And sometimes I do, but I don't want to. I always want to do what pleases God, what pleases Jesus, my Savior. The truth is, though, that even though sins of the past are in the past when it comes to God, they are forgiven and under the blood. And as soon as I confess them, there's no more interference with my relationship with God at all. But when it comes to other people, sins of the past are not always forgiven. They can, people can hold grudges for years. People can wait until your most vulnerable moment and pull one of these sins out of the past up to embarrass you, to malign you, to hurt you, to pay you back. And sins of the past are one of our most painful things. Of course, that's one of the reasons why God doesn't want us to sin is because they are so painful to us. And God loves us. And he's a wonderful plan for our lives. And he wants us to just follow him and to live with him. And so avoiding sin at all costs is goal number one. But if sins of the past come up and you have a disappointment that is based on a sin of the past, then you're just going to have to run it to Jesus. Just like every other disappointment in your life. Just run it to Jesus. Thank him that he has forgiven you, even though these other people can't let it go, can't forgive, can't forget, can't move on, that he has. And then ask him to bind up your wounds and to carry you forward. My other most hated phrase in the uh, English language is unmet expectations. There's one thing to lose something you've had, but it's another thing, another type of disappointment to not get what you expect especially if it was something that you worked hard for, that you feel like you've earned and deserved, or that was promised to you and you don't get it. Unmet expectations are very difficult to deal with. And if we don't let God help us, they will eat us alive. Those feelings of bitterness and anger and sadness will hurt us, will crush us, and will steal our joy in life and really cripple us as far as doing everything that God wanted us to do. So as I conclude here today in this topic of dealing with disappointment, I just want you to think about a rose. A rose is an amazing flower. It's actually the most given flower. Everybody loves roses. They smell beautiful. They have a velvety touch. They look amazing. Yet they have thorns on them. And in recent years, because thorns hurt, um, florists have started to cut the thorns off and just sell the roses without the thorns, which I actually appreciate. But the reality in life is that the rose is symbolic of real life. We don't have anybody to cut the thorns off for us. We can avoid most of the thorns most of the time, but there's no way that you will never get stuck if you're going to live life. Every once in a while, Sometimes you're going to experience pain and disappointment. And when you do, you really have three options. You have the number two 
or the two top ways that people deal with it, or you have the third way, which is the best way, which is running your disappointment to Jesus. So instead of spewing out your frustration at the people around you, which is hurtful to them, or stuffing it down inside of yourself, which in the long run is hurtful to you, I encourage you that you give it to Jesus, that you just run every pain and disappointment directly to the throne room of God and let him heal you. Let him help you and give him the glory for all that he's done. I hope you have a wonderful day. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.